welcome to the Inspiring Heights podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Kaiser, and I am delighted that you are here with us today. Our mission here at Inspiring Heights is to inspire you, our friends, to grow closer in your relationship with Jesus and to live inspired in your day-to-day life. We talk about all things faith, rhythmic living, and homemaking. Listen, we know you have a zillion podcasts that you could listen to, and we are honored that you chose to sit here with us today. With that, let's get right to it. Hey friends, welcome to episode 40. I am so pumped for today's show. I have literally been dreaming about this for over a year. My sweet friend Janessa, who is a high school music teacher and a forever friend, literally we've been friends since we were babies, joined us on the show today to talk about what it's like to be a teacher in this day and age, uh, how parents and teachers can bridge the gap of communication to ultimately serve the kids well, and then how we, people who both have kids and don't have kids, can serve our teachers while they serve their students. I think you're going to hear some awesome, just really practical things that we can do, but also just really good perspective from someone who's in the trenches every single day. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Janessa, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited that you're here. I always like to start with how we know each other. Let's start there. Yeah, I'm Janessa and Vanessa and I grew up together in a little town in Montana, and we've been really good friends since we were born. Yeah. It's so wild how long we've known each other. I can't believe it. Janessa, you're a teacher, and you have been for how many years? I'm going into my seventh year wow. as a teacher. That is so crazy. Uh, I've been wanting to do this series for a long time. I really want to talk about education with both our public school friends and also our homeschool mamas. And I'm so pumped that you're here to talk with us about this today. And so most obvious first question, what made you want to be a teacher? Oh, this could be a long story, but we'll just jump right in. When I was in third grade, my parents tell this story all the time. They went to my parent-teacher conferences, and my third grade teacher told my parents that I had strong leadership capabilities. (laughs) Because she was trying to be very polite and nice. And my dad always says, like, I remember looking at her and being like, so my daughter's bossy. And she was like, well, I think if we just foster those qualities in her, she could become a good teacher. And I I don't obviously remember that because I wasn't in the parent-teacher conference. But I think that was something that my parents definitely saw at that point and encouraged in me. And then I teach ninth through 12th grade music now. And when we were sixth graders, we got this amazing band teacher and she was my inspiration. Um, I wanted to be her. And so that's what I did. That is so cool. And as you were working your way through college, was it like, did you ever waver? Were you ever like, what am I doing? Yes. So I went straight through my bachelor's degree and then into graduate school. And so I graduated with a bachelor's in music education and then went into educational leadership. And I would say it was probably my junior year of college. I was like, I don't know if I really want to be a teacher. 
honestly, the thoughts were like, teachers don't get paid enough. Like I could do something that took way less of my time and make way more money. Yeah. Um, and then I went into my student teaching my senior year and it was like, it was, I was hooked and then I did grad school and was, I was a graduate assistant volleyball coach and I was, you know, coaching, um, the JV team at the college there and, I didn't think I would ever go back into education at that point because all I wanted to do was coach. But I knew that that was going to be a way harder thing for me to get into because, you know, I was at the college level and so many different things. And then, you know, God does amazing things. And my first teaching job just kind of fell into my lap. I had a bunch of mentors that said like, hey, this job is open. You need to apply for it. I know you're going to get it. And so it was... Not easy to get the first job. Obviously, I had to interview and everything, but it was like a quick interview process. I knew less than an hour after the interview that I had the job, oh, wow. and it just felt like it was right. And so then it's all history from there. Um, <laughs> I taught elementary school first, and then that wasn't necessarily my jam, but I would maybe go back. Okay. And um, yeah, and then I moved to Wyoming. That was in Oklahoma. I moved to Wyoming and have my current job and. Absolutely love it. Oh, that's so amazing. What do you feel like, as you've gotten into it, has been the most rewarding part of being a teacher? There are so many things. But I think the biggest thing, like I said, I teach high school music. And so we're very performance-based. And I think it's harder for core teachers with this. But I get to see the kids actually show their parents and, you know, community members and whatever, what they're learning Mm -hmm. and their talents. And I think that's the most rewarding thing for me is our quote unquote tests or, or, you know, assessments are public. Yeah. And I have great kids right now. They are, I mean, they will do anything. I think that's the most rewarding thing for me. And just, and I think every teacher would say this, but like light bulb moments, really, truly when a kid is like, I finally understand what you've been saying and then and then they can move past that and like keep building on their experiences and on their knowledge and everything. Yeah. It really is cool to see. And I'm also a very like relational person and so building relationships with my students is huge. Yeah. Um and just seeing them just like thrive as humans too. Yeah. And learn through their mistakes and and their successes is really cool for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I we went to school together, of course, high school together, and I can like think back on those years and really consider teachers who were incredibly influential in like character development of me. And every time I think about like you doing your thing, I think about that and I'm like, oh, it just makes me so proud. (laughs) You're building their little characters. It's awesome. And I think for us, it was a lot of the same teachers. Yeah. Which makes sense. But you and I had different high school experiences as far as what we did. But I think if we made a list of, you know, who was the most influential, our list would be very similar. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, so there's this beautiful side of teaching, right, which I feel like you've just painted such a beautiful picture of. There's also this really hard reality, right? There was a number of school shootings last year. There's a lot of intense conversation around curriculum and what's acceptable and what isn't and what's true and what isn't. And a lot of rules in the public school system. I think sometimes we forget that the public school system is like 
you know, the government. So there's all this like bureaucracy and red tape, which makes just that environment a little bit tricky sometimes. And so I want to talk about what it looks like to be a teacher from that perspective in this current age, because I know there's some tension there. Yeah, definitely a lot of tension and so many opinions. And most of them, I would say, on the teacher side of things come from a very dedicated and concerned place. But then you also have a lot of people who are just very opinionated to, you know, either to just be opinionated or to, you know, stir the pot or whatever it is. And I think teachers don't go into the job for the money. I kind of talked about that a little bit before that I was scared, you know, to be a teacher because of, of those things. And so as a teacher, I think the main goal for the majority of us is that we're there for the kids and we're going to fight for what we think is best for them. But at the same time, we do work for the government in a public school setting and we're going to do the best with what we're given because there's not a lot of change that can happen in an instant. We were just discussing this. I was uh, this last spring with some of my teacher friends how, you know, you get new leadership and things aren't going to change right away. It's going to take three, four years before anything actually changes. If if you're trying to like make policy changes at the state level or even nationally, it takes years, not weeks, not months, not. And so figuring out how to maneuver in your classrooms to what's best for the kids with what you're given. Technology is a big help and influence, but it's also one of the things that's like a huge point of contention too. Um, people butt heads about different things and, you know, we can save so much money if we just, you know, buy the ebook. And some of those things come back to like, well, not, not everybody can learn with technology and we have to, you know, differentiate learning and it you're, we're teaching everyone. It's not just like a specific type of learner. And so, I mean, we could talk for days about those types of things, but I think from a teacher perspective, it's, you know, we're going to fight those battles outside of when we're in the classroom. And when we're in the classroom, it's really making sure we use our resources and figure out what's going to be best for the kids within the bounds of what we've been given. Yeah. Amazing. What does it look like in a really positive way for parents and teachers to work together to serve your students well? Yeah. So um, I think one of the biggest strengths a teacher can use is um, having parent support and creating those relationships as well. Something I like to say, and I know a lot of teachers say this, but we realize and understand that your kids are your most precious commodity. And being their teacher, we spend eight hours a day with your kids. And as high school teachers, it's a little different because we get them for 58 minutes at a time or whatever it is. But as elementary teachers, you're with them all day long and your kids spend so much time with their teachers. And and we realize that. And as the year goes on, and even at the beginning, they're also part of our most precious commodities. You know, we sign up to spend those eight hours a day with them and we love them and we want them to um, succeed in what we're doing. And so I think it's important for teachers and parents to remember that we're all on the same team. The goal is the same. Teachers are not coming into the building trying to set your students up for failure. And so just remembering that and like we're humans, we're gonna butt heads. Yeah. 
We're going to have different opinions, but I think that the best way for teachers and parents both to approach that is to remember that it's, it's not about the teacher. It's not about the parent. Like we're here for the student and we're gonna, we're gonna be able to figure it out if we come in respectfully and with that in mind. And, and willing so, to communicate, I would guess, is yes, a huge price of that. Yes. Yeah. And remembering that you can't solve the issue by skirting around to other people. And I know there's policies in different schools and it's different, but you know, we see so many times where the parent has one issue with the teacher teacher and they go straight to the principal or they go straight to the superintendent. A lot of times the teachers are like, I had no idea because you didn't come to me first and ask me like, we could have solved this in a quick email back and forth and it would have been over, but it's been blown up because now the administration is involved because it's been six months of this, you know, even if it was just a small thing, like some other kid is stealing my kid's pencil and you're not doing anything about it. When really I didn't, as the teacher didn't know anything about that, you know? Um, So I think like the direct communication is all always like every teacher I've ever known has been like, I wish the parents would just shoot me an email. Yeah. You know? And I think it's, I think it goes both ways. Like sometimes the teacher is probably in the same thing. Well, I should have just emailed the parent, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you learn as you build those relationships and everything. But I think just like the quick communication where it's respectful and like easy before things escalate is always the better answer, you know, the better choice. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good. Okay. So this time of year is so fun because as a non-teacher, I get to go to Target and buy school supplies. I'm one of my favorite things. I don't have tiny humans, but school supply drives, I'm all about. I'm all about school supply drives. We thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to talk about that for a minute. So you and I chatted on the way here about you setting up your classroom. And just for our listeners to understand, uh, you've been in your classroom for what, two weeks setting up now? Yeah, on and off. Yeah, and you're two weeks out from where you have to be back in school, even without kids. So just, I feel like sometimes... We lose perspective of the dedication that teachers have to their students in their classroom to like have it set up and ready for them and the work that goes into that. Yes. So I've chatted with several non-teachers and people who are very not involved in school-related things recently about what it looks like for back to school. And a lot of people seem to have the understanding that teachers go back the week before students start and they have all that week in their classrooms. That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> That's not real life. <laughs> so usually we're in professional development and staff meetings and district meetings and mentorship meetings. I mean, it's all of these meetings. You know, we're meeting about our students. We're meeting with the counselor. We're trying to be preventative in, you know, obstacles that are going to happen with certain students or whatever to come back to school and be successful the first day. And so we're in meetings most of that first week. We go back... The first week is our only five-day school week of the year um, for the teachers because we are a four-day school week. And I think we might have like two afternoons that whole week where we just get to be in our classroom working on things. And so, I mean, that's six hours to set up our entire classroom and, you know, plan for the first week and have photocopies made and make sure all the books are together. And I don't have desks because I'm a music teacher, but for elementary teachers, making sure that 
all of the supplies are ready for every one of their kids. And, you know, depending on where you're at, I mean, we're a small school district, but I mean, elementary teachers teach anywhere from 10 kids in a small school to if you're in a big school, like they're pushing 30 kids per classroom. Yeah. And so that's like 30 little bodies that they have to find space for and make sure that they can't reach each other during instruction and, you know, all of those things. And then you get six hours or you get four hours and teachers really do put a lot of time outside of their contracted hours in to get those things ready. And and like you said, I've been there. I am not a typical high school teacher in that aspect. I do spend a lot of time in my room beforehand. And I'm also not a person where my room is exactly the same every year. Yeah, um, that's fun. Because I just, I want it to be different. I want it to be new. I want the kids to come in and find new things, you know. I think that's the cool part about elementary school is like every year you get a new teacher and you get a new classroom and you get new decorations and you get new everything. And then once you get to high school and you probably remember this, like I have the same English teacher and it's in the same classroom and nothing ever changes and our desks never move and, you know, and... Kids are kids even into their teens and they like that new surprise and not everything is different. We still have the same classroom, but I like to change it up and make it interesting and fun for the high school kids too. Yeah, that's really cool. As you prepare for back to school and uh, as like people who love teachers, love students that are going to show up on the first day. What can we tangibly be doing to serve you well in this season as you're getting ready? I think the biggest thing is like definitely to pray for us. Like it's it's huge. You may not see your prayer efforts, um, but we feel it. You know, we're transitioning from summer, which for a lot of us is not a job in the summer. You know, we get to sleep in, we get to do whatever, and then we we're going back to school and it's long hours and it's new things and all of that kind of stuff. So just I think one of the biggest things is, you know, praying for energy and then praying for wisdom to handle situations that are new because in the first week, everything is new. You have new kids or the kids that you used to or that you had before have grown up. I mean, kids change a lot over the summer. Yeah. And so maneuvering those relationships again after they've had a summer full of experiences without you. I think about that a lot. Like we spend a lot of our waking hours together for nine months of the year and then like they go away and you know nothing about them for two or three months. Yeah. And then you come back and it's like, oh, you're a new person. Yeah. Um, you've had new experiences. You've, you have new knowledge. You have all of this new that now I have to kind of learn, which is cool. So prayer about that. But then also some of my favorite times when I was teaching at the elementary school, we would go back early, you know, and there were parents that volunteered to come in and just, can we staple stuff on the wall for you? Or can we sharpen all your pencils or whatever it is? Those are huge things that like, just, you know, even if it takes 10 minutes to sharpen 50 pencils, that's 10 minutes that I could have been working on figuring out what I'm doing in this class for the first week. Or, you know, so like volunteering your time to maybe come in and help, you know, if you have a, a friend that's a teacher, I can guarantee that they're probably going to be in their classroom in the evenings after you get off work. And if you're like, hey, I have half an hour. Can I come help you? You know, putting bulletin boards up or anything like that. Um, Or even just being creative um, and helping in that way, I think is huge as you come back. 
Um, And then also for those of you that are parents, preparing your kids to go back to school in, in a way, I think it's really cool for parents to be able to teach their kids to pray for their teachers before they get back to school. And I mean, kids know a lot about us by the end of the school year and they know a lot about their classmates and it's a cool avenue for parents to teach their kids about prayer for someone that, you know, they're not related to because I think oftentimes parents are like, let's pray and we're going to pray for grandma and we're going to pray for grandpa and we're going to pray for our family, but also like pray for your teachers. You know, we do have hard jobs. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's a cool discussion to have too with your kids. I love it. That's really good. That's really good. And participate in school school supply drives. Yes, that too. (laughs) And in school extracurricular functions or stuff that this is kind of another little tangent, but when we do back to school night and we do family nights and there are things, teachers put a lot of time into those because we don't ever get to meet the parents and spend time with them outside of you know, you have a 15 minute parent teacher conference because we have to get 45 of these in, in two hours or whatever it is. And so those are cool ways for teachers and parents to connect outside of parent teacher conferences when we're only talking about your kid and how they are performing performing in school. Cause it's not really all about the performance, but that's, you know, back to how things are set up and, and different things like that. So like back to school night is, is a fun way to like come in and connect with the teacher and ask them how they're doing and ask them like, are you excited for the year? Like we love to talk about that kind of stuff. Most of us, I can't talk for everyone. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think participating in those things when you see them happening and, you know, be part of the parent teacher organization or whatever your kid's school um, calls it. Ours is the parent advisory committee. And I think those relationships are built when parents come and support those kinds of things. And I'm a yes person. I don't say no very often. I'm learning to do that. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not saying that you need to do every single thing that your child's school asks you to come to, but participating in some way in those, like, is encouraging to teachers. Yeah. That's um, something you're wanting to to work on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. This was yeah. so fun. Before we go, I always like to ask, what's been inspiring you lately? Oh, so I bought a house about a year and a half ago, and it's been a slow process to get everything settled in. And this summer, I was able to organize my craft slash storage room and so I've been able to spend a lot of time in there doing things that bring me joy and stress relief like making things with my Cricut and painting and some of that kind of stuff and so being able to be creative and also make new things for my classroom and that kind of stuff has really been been fun and then just being able to just sit and scroll through Pinterest when I have time and (laughs) like, oh, I would really like to make that or so-and-so would love this. I think I'm going to make it. Um, I'm for sure a gift giver. And so being able to do some of those things has been really fun for me. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for being here, friend. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Friends, thank you so much for listening in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. 
If you're so inclined, we would love for you to leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps potential new listeners to get a feel for the show before they even hit play. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Inspiring Heights. If you haven't already, you can sign up for our newsletter, Inspiration from the Moment, by visiting our website, inspiringheights.org, and hovering over the contact us link. If you have friends that aren't yet subscribers, please share the podcast with them if you think it's something that would be helpful and inspiring to them. Okay, friends, until next time, take a deep breath and be inspired where your feet are. Bye for now.